Alright, welcome back to Untranslated Islam. This is your brother Ben Yusuf. And as we do, we're digging into the crates and we're finding benefits that haven't been translated into English and translating them so that we can all benefit and apply them to our lives. And I've been thinking um, about a topic for the past probably week. And then it just so happened that yesterday for the khutbah, that topic came up again. Um, and in my life, I've realized this pattern that if something comes to me two or three times in a small period of time, then it's something that I should be dealing with. And so I've actually mentioned it, but I didn't get deep. And I realized I think it's time to get deep. And this is the idea of what we call taking it personal. Okay. We have to, and I'm going to do a whole spill and a whole probably series about taking everything in your life personal, taking what you read personal, taking what you listen to personal. Okay. And why am I saying that? Because we, especially Muslims, we have a tendency that when something happens, we point that way. Okay. And we say, oh, those people are like this. Oh, those kufar are like this. Oh, those Yehud are like this. Oh, those Nasara are like this. I'm saying these words in Arabic for, to, to keep, to keep our, um, to keep our respect. Those who know what I'm saying know what I'm saying. But we point blame everywhere. And we don't realize, as the old people used to say to us, that when we're pointing, that there's three fingers pointing back at us. And so I say to you what the people of the past used to say. When you read something, when you hear something, take it personal. Think about yourself first before you think about other people. Think about yourself first before you think about other people. And so I was thinking about Yom Al-Qiyamah, meaning uh, Surah to Yom Al-Qiyamah, excuse me. Surah to Al-Qiyamah. I was thinking about that. And the fact that I think everyone is familiar with this, but just in case, let me give you a background. Number one, there are three types of or three subdivisions of the soul. Okay, we all have these three subdivisions. Okay, or the ability to have these three subdivisions. There's a nafs, uh, a nafs al mutma'inna, wa nafs al lawama, wa nafs al amaratu bisu. Okay, three types of souls or three subdivisions that can be found in any one of us, and at any, all times they're battling, and we have to see which one is going to win. So as far as a nafsul mutma'inna, then this is the good, tranquil soul. And I'm going to start with that because it's the ruh. Like you have, sometimes you wear, you, you use the term ruh, sometimes you use the term nafs. It's the one that's connected more to the ruh, and ruh usually is connected towards Allah. And so, for example, Allah Jalla wa'ala says, and I think you guys all have this memorized, Ya ayyatuha nafsul mutma'inna. Uh, at the time of your death, or the person's death is going to be called out to him. And we know this from the Hadith Bara ibn Azib. In the Hadith Bara ibn Azib, uh, uh, when the soul is leaving out of the body and the angel of death comes to sit at the head of the soul, um, then it's called out if it's a good soul. Yeah, uh, oh, you sweet soul, you tranquil soul, you soul that has rest, you good soul, okay? Come out to your Lord, to the pleasure of your Lord. And when that happens, then that righteous soul will come out, like they said, like if you take, you know how you you have a container that we make juice in, the one with the spout, like you're pouring some water or liquid from out of a spout, 
That's how smooth it'll come out. But then the person who lived wrong or who got caught in a bad situation and death comes, gets, catches them, then it says, yeah, nafsil Then it says, oh, you evil or wretched soul, come out to the displeasure of your Lord. And so that soul rushes and starts to cling to the inside of the body, tries to hold on, and it's dragged out, as the Prophet said, like if you take a rake and drag a rake through wool, that's how it has to be dragged out. And so it's bussing the veins and the, and, the, and the nerves and all of that. And that's the reason why when you see this person leave, see the soul leave their body, you'll see they're in a bad situation. You can see they look like, and you see their hands start to, like this, literally sometimes they have to break their hands in order to put their hands back normal when they're dying. I mean, after they're dead, they have to like, because it's like this eyes, everything is fright because they're not going to a, situa a good situation. So we're focused on right now, three types of souls. The first one, nafsul mutma'inna, the good, tranquil soul. Allah Jalla says, Ya ayyatuha nafsul mutma'inna, irji'i ila rabbiki Return to your Lord, pleased, radiyatan mardiya. You're pleased with him and he's pleased with you basically like this. Uh, you were in my service or go into my service. It can be a command. Go into my service uh, or my worship or like this and you will be the one who gets Jannah. So this is the good soul and this is the one that we all uh are, are striving to attain or to be so that when we leave out of here, as the Prophet said, that verily actions are based on your last actions. When we leave out of here, we leave out of here in the best way. That's the first type of soul. I'm going to do its opposite now. The opposite is the nafs al-amaratu bisul. Okay? This is the nafs that is amara, and that means constantly calling to you or commanding you to do evil. All right. So this is our lower desires and that lowest part of us that we all have in us that we have to fight. All right. Um, and the proof of this is in Surah Yusuf, where uh, 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 Allah says on the tongue and it's a difference of opinion, whether it's on the tongue of Zuleika or on the tongue of Yusuf. OK, it's some some of the scholars say is on the tongue of Yusuf and others say, no, it's on the tongue of the Imra'atul, uh, Imra'atul Aziz, which uh, is referred to in Tafsir or is known as Zuleika. All right, the, the 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 wife of the Aziz. Whichever the statement says, "Wala ubari unafsi," and I don't, I don't, I don't claim or act as if I'm free of any type of fault. Inna nafsa la amaratum bisu'i illa marrahima Rabbi. That verily the soul is constantly calling a person to do something that's not good, and the only ones who are saved are the ones who Allah is merciful upon. Okay? So the point is, is that you have these two sides. Okay? On the right side, you have Nafsul Mutma'inna. Should I say on the high side, you have the Nafsul Mutma'inna, which is calling you to do good. And then the Nafsul Ammaru to Bisu, which is calling you to do bad. In the middle, which is what we want to talk about right now in this sitting, is what's called a Nafsul Lawama. Okay? A Nafs. Lawama. Lawama comes from the word Lamayalumu, okay, which is to uh, uh, to blame, okay. So this is like the self 
this is like the self-blaming soul. And they have another word that they use that you might have heard before, but I can't think of the other term. But like the self-blaming soul. Okay. So what does this mean? Allah Jalla swears by this soul. So I'm going to show you where he swears by it, and then we're going to talk about it very briefly. Allah Jalla says in Surah Al-Qiyamah, which is what we started out with, he swears, La uqasimu I swear by the day of resurrection, the day of standing, the day we're going to have the answer for what we do. And then he says, and I swear by, that's the word, and I swear by the self-reproaching soul. That's the term. Yes, the self-reproaching soul, okay? And if you don't know the context of this surah, I'm just going to give you a little more so you can have the context, okay? He says, Ayahsabul insan, uh, that does mankind think that we're not going to gather his bones together and raise him back up? Nay, but instead... We are totally able and are going to raise him up all the way down to the tips of his fingers. We're going to bring him back like he was. Why does he say tips of the fingers? The early man say, and this is one of the proofs of the Quran being truth, uh, bearing the truth, because we didn't know this until the past hundred years. They said that it means the atraf, the tips of your fingers. Uh huh. Banana, the tips of your fingers. This is what all the tafsirs say. Now, you look and see with technology we have now. Why it is said tips of the fingers? Fingerprints. If you know the science of fingerprints, every single person from Adam all the way down to the last man will all have different fingerprints. There are no fingerprints alike. And not only that, every single fingerprint on every hand is different. So they have 10 different fingerprints that's different than 10. Every other person in their 10 fingerprints from the time of Adam all the way to the last man. The miracle of Allah is that every single one of them is different. And we know this. That's the reason why we get fingerprinted when we're born, fingerprinted when we get to a certain age, fingerprinted when we go to work, fingerprinted when we go to get arrested, because no one else is going to have that duplicate of fingerprints. So one of the proofs of the miracle of the Quran is that Allah swore by these things and then said, I'm going to bring you back together all the way down to your fingerprints, everything exactly like it was. Okay, so he says, "Bel yuridul insan and yafjuro amama." He said, "But instead, mankind, he wants to commit all kinds of sin with the time that he has left there." A tasweef. He wants to say, "Sofa atub, sofa atub." I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna have fun with this. I'm gonna enjoy this, and then I'm gonna repent. And it's a trick from the shaitan because he doesn't know when he's gonna die, right? So it's one of two, one of three things. Two of them are the worst. He can do the sin and then go repent, but he still has the answer for the fact that he had a plan to do the sin before he would act for repentance so you don't know if it's forgiven. Or he can do the sin and then shaitan tricks him and makes him forget to repent. And so we got an answer for that because he never repented. Or he can do the sin and in the midst of the sin, Allah decides that he's going to take him in the midst of that. And this is what's called the Su'ul Khatima. Su'ul Khatima. Or... Uh, 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 a terrible death or evil death because you left here upon the displeasure of Allah and the person who leaves here on that is going to be raised on it. So the point is, is that So 
They want to do all kinds of sins and have fun and enjoy themselves and say, I'm just going to wait and wait and then I'm going to make Toba at the end. So they're asking, when is Yom Kiyama? Is Kiyama to Kobra and Kiyama to Sogra? Kiyama to Kobra is when we all stand up. But Kiyama to Kobra means when am I going to die, basically? When is this going to happen? Nobody knows, okay? Because the person who dies, فَقَدْ قَوْمَ قِيَامَتُهُمْ so the person who dies, then their qiyamah has already started because they can't do any more deeds. So the point is, is that this person that Allah is talking about is the person who, and most of us fall victim to this, we think we got time. We think we got time. Oh, I got time. I'm going to get my life together. I just want to have fun with this. Oh, I got time. Oh, I can get into my Quran another time. I got time before I start really getting into it. Uh, and you never know when Allah is going to take you. But when he takes the person and a person try to make the excuse, oh, I thought I had time. You're going to say what? Didn't we give you enough time that whoever was going to get the reminder will get the reminder? And didn't the reminder come to you? The nadir or the warner, didn't the warner come to you? The nadir is understood as different things also. But I say to you, the Nadir is whatever came to you that shook you enough that you thought about it for a second, but you didn't do it. Okay? Some of the Mufassidin say is when you ate when you ate to 18. Some of the Mufassidin say that is when you start getting gray. That when you see the grave, that's your warning. Some of the Mufassidin say is when you go to the grave. Once you go to the grave and visit people, you go past the grave, that's a reminder. My reminder was when I got sick. And I had the grade and I thought that was, was my reminder, but it didn't shake me enough until I was almost dead. And then it's like, wait a minute. And then it's like, oh, if you give me a chance to come back, I'm going to make sure I do right, even to another level. And you be thinking you living right until death is, until you at death's door. And it's like, oh, some things I ain't finish up, some things I wanted to do, some things I thought I had time for. If you give me time, I'm going to make sure I do this. Give you time, that's the reminder. The whole point is, is that this is what Allah is talking about here. So he swears by the nafs al-lawama. The nafs al-lawama, which is what I want to talk about or what I'm talking about today, or the reason why I'm talking about is because it's the one that makes you take it personal. Okay? Every single thing that you hear, you're supposed to take it personal. You don't think somebody attacking you. I mean all the signs around you. You don't say, oh, that sign is for him. Oh, that eye is about him. Oh, that hadith is about him. No, you say, that's about me. Allah's talking directly to me. You see the situation? Oh, that was for them. No. That's for me. Okay? So this is what the nafs al-lawama is for. Okay? So I'm going to just give you a few things about different scholars, uh, different mufassirin, what they said about the nafs al-lawama. And my whole point of this is because everything that I'm going to be doing in this series is going to be, we listen to it just like we've been doing, but we take it personal. Okay? When we started out, it was just to get the love and the fear and the, and, and the hope and all of that. Now it's like, this is about me. And why am I saying this? Because we did the first half of the Fatiha and that's what it was about. Now we do the second half of the Fatiha. The first thing that's going to pop up is Oh, that's them and them. It ain't them and them. It's you and I. That's what you're going to think about when we get into this part of the Fatiha. So before we do that, I want to tell you about taking every ayah personal. Okay? So, Imam Saadi said about this, he says, uh, Imam Saadi 
Okay, he said, and this is talking about every soul, whether it's a good soul or a bad soul, then it has this lawama li kathrati taraddudiha wa talawumiha wa adami thubutiha ala halatin min ahwaliha. Okay, and he says that this is because of the person, the, it, it's whether you're doing good or you're doing bad, this part of your soul is constantly at work. And lawam is from fa'al, means it's constantly doing it, just like amal, constant, constant. So when you're doing good, it says, why aren't you doing more good? Why you ain't do more than that? When you're doing bad and not doing, you know, not doing so much, why would you do that? Are you crazy? Do you understand such? So this is the nafs al-lawam, it's constantly, whatever's going on, it's like, why you do that? Why you ain't do more than that? Why you need to do more? Why, why, why you ain't, don't you know what such a... Do you know if you want to die tomorrow? Or why are you waiting? What? This is called lawama. Constantly blaming you and reproach, self-reproach is what they call it. Reproaching yourself. All right? So, uh, Imam Baghawi said, Qala mujahid tendum ala ma fat wa taqool law fa'altu wa law lam af'al. Okay, he says, and these are all now the Mufassirin of the Tabi'een and the past, the second generation and third generation that he's going to be referring to now. He says that they said, or Mujahid said, that he regrets that which is past. That's what he did. He's, he says to himself, if only I would have did that differently, because he sees now his life has been affected by what he did in the past. If only I would have did that differently. Oh, if only I didn't do that. If only I wouldn't have committed that sin and I did this instead. If only I would have did this differently, then this would be different. And it's why. Not to say the if, meaning the the if that the, the, the Prophet discouraged saying, but to correct himself, make forgiveness for what he did, and see what he can do to correct himself moving forward. وَقَالَ فَرَّاءَ لَيْسَ مِن نَفْسٍ بُرَّةٍ وَلَا فَاجِرًا إِلَّا وَهِيَ تَلُومُ نَفْسَهَا Is not a single person, whether it's righteous, or whether he's in a state of being righteous at the time, or a state of not being righteous at the time, except that it's something inside of him that calls to him and says, like, what, 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 what are you doing? And كانت عملت خيرا قالت هل لا ازددتو If he did good then he says Well couldn't you have did more? Wasn't it something more that you can do even better than that? وإن عملت شرا قالت يا ليتني لم أفعل Oh and it was so bad that he did something bad He say oh, well, only I wouldn't have did that Okay So my point to you is And this thing after thing I have about 20 different quotes here But I'm only going to bring to you Just a few of them Because I need you to just understand the point Okay So the point of all of this is Is that uh, And I have to say this one The one from Hassan al-Basri Okay He says uh, Similar to what the other one said But then he added on to it وَلَيْسَ أَحَدٍ مِنْ أَهْلُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ إِلَّا يَلُومُ نَفْسَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ he says, similar to everyone else said, but then he said, and it's not a single person or a single creature in the heavens and the earth, except that Yom Qiyama, they're going to yalum, they're going to blame themselves or reproach themselves and wish they did more. And why did he say that? That's why I have to bring this because it's another eye that you guys all know, huh? which is on that day, every single soul is going to say, Ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati. Woe is me if only I would have sent something more forth. 
Okay, everyone in the Tefsir of that ayah, they say, if it's the most righteous person, matter of fact, if they can bring a narration from one of the past people to pass, they said, if it was a person that came out of his mother, and since he was able to, he fell down in the sajda, and all he did was make dua to Allah, pray to Allah, that, that day he would say, if only I would have sent something more forward. That's not, that's not a stretch, because what they're saying is there's certain deeds of certain things that you can't get a reward for or certain types of deeds that you can only certain types of rewards that you can only do by deeds outside of salah keeping the tie keeping family ties uh 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 working in order to take care of your family uh doing things to help others so someone going and just praying all the time he's not handling those responsibilities so the whole point is that every single person is going to say if only i would have sent something more forward so I do this as an introduction because my thing or, or my point is as we move forward, I want everyone to take what we're moving forward with because we did the first half of the Fatiha. As we move forward, I want you to now stop or, or continue extra from thinking of fear. And we said we're doing any everything to stir emotion. So we stir the emotions of fear, love, hope, sadness. Now, Taking all of this personal, every eye that you hear before you start looking at somebody else. Yeah, I know somebody that's like that. Every time I'm telling you, I've been living for a period of time now. Every situation where I looked at someone or some situation when I was young and said, well, how do you get this over in that situation? I never. I'm telling you, I've been tested with it all. And that's why when I saw the Hadith. I understood it immediately. It's a hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said, it's not a single person that says, well, I don't know why they did like that. I don't know how they can get in that situation, except now they've opened up the door for them to be tested with the same thing. So I'm telling you, you keep pointing the finger, all it's doing is making more come back on you. So start with yourself, get yourself in order, and be a good example for others and thank Allah for that. And that's what we're going to get into as we move forward. For now, this is just a good reminder. So let's take this, let's internalize it, because as we start going into different other ayats and chapters in this series, I want you to take it from that point. This is your brother Ben Yusuf, and until next time, we'll keep digging, and you keep benefiting, and making dua for us. Assalamu alaikum salam. لا يرجوك إلا محسن فمن الذي يدعو ويرجو الآن